behind every interesting person is a great story. This is Person of Interest with Natalie Jones. Well, hello, babes. How are you? And welcome back to the Person of Interest podcast with me, your host, Natalie Jones. What is going on? I'm always excited for our guests, and this one is no different. Her name is Lisa Thaw. She works in the building that I work in. She has been here for 34 years. She's been in media sales for 34 years. We find out through this interview that we are from this same neighborhood. She's one of nine kids. She is a twin. I know her twin sister well. Her name is Lynn, and we talk about her a lot in this episode. She also has been in media sales for 34 years. She's the author of two books, Three Word Meetings and Why I Chose You. She also is a life coach, a motivational speaker, and the host of her own podcast called The Three Word Podcast. You, you can look all of this up. Google Lisa Thaw, Three Word Meetings and Three Word Podcast, and your life will be set. Please enjoy this woman. She is a bona fide badass, and I mean it, all caps. Speaking of which. Okay, here we go. Lisa Thaw, you are an author of two books. You're a motivational speaker. You're a life coach. You've been in sales and media managing for, what, 27 years, 30 years? We'll just say I just try not to age me too far, but okay. 34 years. 34 Here, count the years. count the wrinkles around my face, girl, <laughs> like a tree. There, there's the 34th one right there. Well, I know that you, like, you start in the 80s in 87? 80, uh-huh. Graduated yeah. from college in 87. Wow. So you went to CCM in the University of Cincinnati. That's correct. What did you study? So broadcasting at the College Conservatory Music, you'll appreciate this. Electronic media. They had one class, but this is how I got into the industry, which is kind of interesting. Uh-huh. Um, I grew up playing sports, uh-huh. and back then, imagine, 34 years ago, there weren't many female sportscasters. Yeah. So I was going in because I wanted to be the female sportscaster that went into the locker rooms, interviewed the athletes. So I went to CCM for that. That is so you. And I was like, oh, my God, this is what I I love playing sports. So... What I discovered was, and I did an internship at Channel 9 in the sports department, Mm -hmm. that back then you had to move. And I was like, huh? I I can't be interviewing people in my own hometown in Cincinnati. Like, no, you got to go cut your teeth in these little tiny markets. And then they put you in the big city. I was like, oh, I don't know about that. I've got a big family. All my friends are here. Let me think about something else. And I ran into a professor who taught radio sales. And I was like, huh? What's that? And he said, your commercials on there like Coca-Cola and McDonald's. And I'm like, yeah, I love that. I love listening to the radio. Well, you can actually make money selling these commercials. And I was like, hmm, tell me more. And that is how I got into radio sales. No way. Just like that. But it was a step going into sports broadcasting, which I'm still extremely passionate about. Yeah. And met a professor. He told me about this career. And 30, you know, four years later, here I am. Wow. So this has always been on your radar. Yeah. Good yeah. to know. And yeah. so where are, where are you, Anna? Because I know your sister as well. Yeah. Lynn, you two are miracle workers. Yeah. Like, my sister, Lynn. Well, first of all, we're twins. I'm yes. five minutes old or so. When the birthday <laughs> celebrations come, let it be said that we'll be saying happy birthday to me first. And then five minutes later, we tick it off and say, oh, by the way, Lynn, happy birthday. Um, but we are the youngest. So we're uh, the youngest of eight. I have um, okay. three other sisters and three brothers. Crazy. Yeah, big family. You're from a big family. I am. Don't, don't, do you love it? Love. I can't imagine me being too. an only child. Same. Are you kidding me? No way. The boisterousness. I, um, as much as I've spent a, a, enough time alone in my life, moving around, I've never really traveled with anyone. I've never moved with anyone. Regardless, always lived alone. It's. I like it really lonely. I love, yeah. I'm used to the boisterousness and the craziness and the like being mad that all the food is gone and your brother's made your bathroom dirty again, you know? <laughs> for like, sure. I miss that, for sure. Yeah. I think it has a lot to do with, do you think that has anything to do with why you went on the career path that you went on? Could be. I think, um, well, I always loved marketing. Mm-hmm. I loved commercials. I loved yeah. sports. I love the competitiveness. So I just think I fell into it. I mean, from sports casting to a career that I never knew existed. Did you ever think that you would be on the creative side of it, like creating commercials or anything like that? Didn't really put that into mind. I just always thought work hard, sales. I was, you know, from a middle class. So Mm -hmm. having eight kids, two working parents, 
there weren't a lot of little extra resources. I mean, so I was money motivated. So you're, you're from Cincinnati. What part of Cincinnati? So I grew up cold rain, but I went to Mount Healthy High School. So hooty hoot for all the Mount Healthy owls yeah. out there now. <laughs> Did you know I'm from White Oak? Cool. No, are you kidding me? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. It makes so much sense. <laughs> like you and your sister, I was like, well, just get it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I get you. I worked at Crossroads Sports Bar and Grill for oh, a long time. Oh, boy. I used to play in Lynn as a child mm-hmm. in Hopner Field softball. Yeah, same. Yeah, so the little softball field and the lights were on at night. It was a big deal back then when you yeah. were a kid. But, yeah, just always, I don't know, it was money motivated. Yeah. I don't know what that was, but I always have been. You know what? I feel you on that. We also were a middle-class family, and I remember being in, like, the first or second grade and asking my mom, like, can I clean your car for money? Can I water your plants every day for money? Can I do this for money? Like, all, just all the time wanting to do it. Um, So where are you and your sister in the the line? So we're at the end. So we're (laughs) at the very end of the line. And uh, so I have a sibling. Actually, my oldest brother just turned 69. My mom is going to be 90 in March, which is hard to believe. And uh, she's just a firecracker. And I know how close you are with your mom. Mm -hmm. And uh, But we're the youngest. So I think all the lessons were really, you know, the the trials and errors of parenthood was put on the other siblings. And then, you know, the younger you are, you get away with more. Mm -hmm. It just felt like that. So the parents were like, ah, screw it. Do whatever you want to do. I'm sick of parenting. You Do you know. think that created a lot of responsibility within yourself? Like you grew up faster or you were coddled more? Uh, I'd say both because of our, uh, more my mom. She was a, she worked at University Hospital. Mm-hmm. So she was an organizational, she wasn't going to be late for work. So you had your outfit out, you had your lunches packed, and you were, it was go time. And no sure. kid was not going to be getting up. It was just I, I thank her for it because yeah. she created such really good positive routine. So we just went. And I, I would say my siblings bared the brunt of growing up fast. Mm. I would say we, you know, we got away with a little bit more than they did. Oh, nice. Yeah. So now you are a life coach yes. amongst so many other things, you know. If you could, um, just to name a few. So you're an author and a life coach and a wife and you are um, you are a saleswoman and mm-hmm. a manager and a team leader. If you could pick one of those, which one would you say you identify with the most? Ooh, that's a good one. Hmm. I think I think there's a common theme, I'd say, with all of them. And that theme would probably be continued growth. I, I yeah. You know, it's continued growth for me, so I don't – it's a balance, so not one outweighs another. Mm-hmm. You know, I think what people do, and this is just my life in general and life coaching, is people get out of balance. Yeah. So they put a lot into a career, and then they ignore their spouse or significant other at home. Or they don't mm-hmm. put the time in for the friendships. You know, they call them relationships for a reason because there's this word in there called relate. So Uh, in order to have a relationship and it's like, "Mm, aha moment, let me write that down, Oprah. It's relate. (laughs) So I think as a leader, you have to relate to people. And, you know, so from home, I'm always I'm just kind of person that likes growth. You know, I, I think my three favorite words that I always think about is, you know, focus on growth, invest in you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, every experience we experience, it just, it prepares you for the next one. And, the, you know, there's, you know, there are shortfalls and there are things that we try that maybe aren't perfect or we have failed relationships, but I don't say they're failed. They're that step getting closer to that perfect relationship. I agree. You know? I, I don't like the word failure Doesn't or, fit. Um, I guess, setbacks is appropriate, but I don't like... Yeah, failure I don't think exists at all. Yeah, and but people, that's the fear. You know, the biggest word people use is, I'm afraid to fail or I'm mm-hmm. scared. But I would say the word shift. Like the salespeople are like, don't use pivot because I'm like, oh, I hate the word pivot. It's like, oh, <laughs> pivot this. Now, you know what we're going to do? We're going to be shifting is what we're doing now. Let's do some shifting. So I don't know. I, that's a really good question. I just think when you look at the scope of your entire life, there's – work family there's work relationships there's family there's friendships and they all deserve a piece and none to be ignored really do you have certain experiences can you name one that has been a really big growth moment for you Ooh, yeah 
I would say the biggest growth moment was when I was I was managing before coming back here, mm-hmm. and this would have been ten years ago, ten or eleven years ago. Because you, w- w- so where were you? So I was then? general manager at Radio One. Okay. And I had a four-year contract, and without getting into total details, mm-hmm. um, my contract was not was not renewed, and that was like wow, you know. And it was what it was, mm-hmm. and uh, so I would say in that experience, I instead of being pissed and upset that I wasn't going to continue my career in a in a field of Cincinnati that I love, I said the universe always has a plan. The universe yeah. is always working on your behalf. And so I, and I had a non-compete in media you did, so I couldn't go anywhere. They paid me to sit out for the summer. Thank God it was May, by the way, because I had, oh, I was like, oh, Lord, if you ain't going to renew my contract, please don't make it freaking January, December. Let's make it like May, right? And so I had May, June, July, and I took another 30 days. I'd never had that much time. And in that window, it was the most beautiful thing. Thank you. Thank you Mm -hmm. for universe for pushing me out and moving me where I needed to go because I would have been stubborn. I was making a ton of money. I didn't want to go. And they didn't renew my contract. It was the greatest freaking thing that ever happened to me. So I ended up taking a summer off, traveling with friends. That was the year I became a life coach because I got certified. I decided a year or two later to write my book. And without that, I came to Hubbard, So, which was so great because Mike Frederick... And I used to sell together when I was 24 years old at Q102. And there was an opportunity at Mix then. And I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. Here we go, universe. Full circle (laughs) moment, baby. You you coming back. You still got some work to do. You know, you're coming back. And so uh, he called me and I, you know, became the Mix manager. And through the last 10 years, Christine Mello and I manage all four radio stations. Mm -hmm. And I say thank you. A setback is a comeback, sister. A setback is a comeback. Wow. There is, you know, I think people, this is what I find and people that I coach mm-hmm. is um, they they hold on to stories. Yeah. So they have a setback, a failed relationship in their mind, mm-hmm. a job loss, and they hold on to that story instead of letting that move them forward and saying, I accept, may not, I may not agree with the situation, Mm-hmm. But I accept that there's something bigger for me. And the universe is going to move me along very much like you. Like you're here today, never imagining, you know, you come back to Cincinnati to yeah. take care of your mom, mm-hmm. help her out. And freaking here you are, you yeah. know, with a megaphone, spreading positivity every afternoon. Yeah. And without that course happening for you, you wouldn't be sitting here right now. We wouldn't be sitting here right now. So I, I thank you for that. Yeah, no, com- completely. I would say in my life, what you just said speaks volumes of like, I truly believe that. And it definitely happened in my life. And even like re- this this job, I thought was like the universe saying, because I was in performance, not media, but in in performing. I've been speaking on the mic on various platforms, you know, for a long time. And then I, I thought I was giving that up to come home. And then it just gave me, I feel like it rewarded me. It just gave it me did. a bigger platform. And talk about rewriting. I, th- I was going against, I thought that I had a really bad reputation, that my family had a bad reputation, and that was the story that I held on to. Yeah. And through this progress, I feel like I accepted it and moved on, and I don't know, even know if that was ever true, but that's what I thought in my head. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, with the stories, you can either accept the story, ignore the story, or move forward. Yeah. And I'm just encouraging everybody that's listening, if you have a story, recognize the story was there for a reason, whatever it was, and it's time to move forward. Yeah. Quit holding on to the story because the story holds you back. It like, does. you know, you're driving your car. You know, you're not looking in your rearview mirror, girl. You got to be looking forward. <laughs> you know, where's that path headed? Don't be looking backwards. It serves no good to hold on to these stories. Have you always been like this? I would you say think? I'm extreme. I'm an inspirational leader. And I mm-hmm. think maybe part of that was from playing sports, growing up playing sports. So you love playing golf now and riding bikes. What? Did you do as a kid? So golf wasn't something I played as a child. Okay. So um, the great thing is, is my twin sister, Lynn, mm-hmm. who is a massage therapist, the best freaking ever. Dude, you know, I go to her all the time. I actually, I'm, I always have a thing with her. And um, not only is Lynn a massage therapist, she is just a healer on many sorts. She is a very 
wise woman. She's she, a lot of depth. She's changed she, my life. Yeah, she is gifted. So I look mm-hmm. at, we're. it's interesting, we're twins because we're so much alike, but we're different. Mm-hmm. That girl, I call her Google, man. I ask her a question about something I never heard about, and she's got the freaking answer where I'd be like looking it up, Googling it. But we grew up together playing sports, um, always played sports growing up, and we both played three sports in high school. Which so at that time it was she played volleyball, I played soccer, we both played basketball, we both played softball. And then my first year I did play soccer at the University of Cincinnati. Mm. I was too small to play basketball, although I loved basketball. And um, and then I coached at Sycamore before I got into. I didn't uh, know that. Did you, what did you coach? Soccer. Oh, you know, for a year I was co-coaching with a, a friend up there. Mm. And so I think sports to me, I was inspired by sports and yeah. teamwork. And I love teamwork and I love inspiration and I don't know aspirational things. Yeah. I don't know. It's just always always been a thing for me. Do you know what that kind of speaks volumes to me too? Because I also always played many sports growing up on in the same neighborhood. I played on the CYO league, and then sure. I also played on the fun league, for like the White Oak League. Oh, yeah. And for like every sport, always played year-round, if not one or two teams at a time, you know. And I coached as well. Oh, God, I love it. Yeah, I coached lacrosse at St. Ursula when I was oh, like yeah. 18 or 19 for two years. And you know what also I learned through there was the power of positivity, but also how to – um really how to relate to people to like speak to them to get that right. to get people to listen to you yeah you know and how do you feel so now as you lead your team especially in covid times of sales right now i don't know what um i feel like if money is a motivator in sales and so i don't know if there's any salary or benefits i have no idea what goes on on your floor but i do know that it's got to be hard to yeah. motivate people especially in times now where have you been finding a deeper strength Yes, yeah, so I think that's a great question. And here's an interesting point. Being in sales and mm-hmm. being a part of a sales organization for, like I said, 34 years, people don't always do it for money. So what people want to know, and this is in general, most of the salespeople want to know they're a part of something bigger than themselves. And I think that's universal. Yeah. I think people want to know, are they a part of something bigger than themselves? So, of course, money is important, mm-hmm. um, but also contribution. So people want to know they're contributing. So the people we have the honor of leading downstairs on our floor, they want to make a difference in a client's life. They want a deeper relationship. Again, relate. They're not into quick pitch and packages. They really are sincere and they're extremely smart. So when the COVID happened, we've never been apart. We're in a, you know, when we do our sales meetings and that is our one time where we're all together. You know, I love sales meetings because it's that one time that we can all relate and share and be a part of something bigger. Mm-hmm. And um, we had to learn to do it differently. So when we yeah. weren't having it, so, you know, thank God for Zoom, you know, you could still make your impressions on Zoom by having people participate on the call. They were glad to see other people. Um, so I think it's that. But staying close emotionally and supporting your team, yeah. I think, is what Christine Mello and I did the best is reaching out to them. How you doing? Because when COVID was happening, businesses were closing. They weren't yeah. making any money. You know, they couldn't control if Kings Island was opening or restaurants were closing, which meant income to them. And that's fear, right? Yeah. You don't have money to take care of your family. But I will say our company was amazing and uh, through that support. But emotionally, I wanted to reach out, make them laugh, say it's okay. I'm here for you. You know, what are you fearing? Let's talk through it. You know, we can't control COVID, but here's what we can control, our attitude and our gratitude for helping people. Because if you're afraid, believe me, your clients are scared. So what are we going to do about it? We can sit here and be COVID frozen, or we Mm -hmm. can take some freaking action and start by one call at a time. How are you? What can I do to support you? Very much with all of our advertisers. And I give props to our team, man. They stayed so close to their advertisers, and we stayed close to our team. Mm. I think that was really important. That was a great lesson we learned. You know what? There's one word all of that is making me think is compassion. Yes. I think that compassion. You, you lead with compassion. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of compassion within our company um, from what I, you know, from what I know, and whether or not I didn't, I don't think this is a female thing, but all the leaders in my world are women. Yeah. You know, but I think that leading with compassion is, huge and it doesn't and i've listened to many many of your podcasts 
And what I think really sticks out about you is you talk, you like the most beautiful stories that I remember from the various, I've listened to your podcast for three hours one day, 10 minutes this day since whenever you started them, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? So and thank spurts. you. Yeah. Thank you for oh, listening. Great. Oh, my God. You can always turn them on. They're quick. They're always oh, yeah, they got to be bite-sized, girl. Oh, my gosh. You're, like, you've figured out the science. Um, but is that you tell these beautiful stories of people who you decided together that working for you wasn't their thing. Yeah. And you're like, it was great. And they went and did something else. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And that it's finding people's purpose. Yes. Or and, and just celebrating them walking away from something. Yes. Or celebrating their failures. Like, you're not doing a good job. That's fine. You probably don't want to be here. <laughs> right. What's, yeah. time. What's going on here? Start living your freaking life um, and get going. You know, and um, <laughs> obviously you have bosses, but you, you are a boss amongst, yeah. you know. But I have a boss. Sure. And do you think I have found I've had 60 to, to build clout here, 65 <laughs> jobs, 63 jobs. And like that type of leadership does not exist very much. Do you have yeah. any examples in your life that you've learned from? Yeah, I, th- from? I, I think your 60 jobs you had, you probably learned something from each one of those leaders. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> like, true. I think I think most people that have had that many bosses have learned several things. And this would be my personal opinion. I've learned things not to do. Yeah. But I've also learned things of what inspired me and that if and when I ever became a manager, I would remember how that made me feel yeah. and I'd be mindful of that. Um, so, yeah, I, I remember my first my first job. Oh, my God. Yeah. He stands out. What was so it? <laughs> um, my first job in radio. Hard to believe I lived with a very good friend in um, and she was in radio, too. We grew up together. And we shared an apartment in Sharonville. She was lucky enough to get a job in Cincinnati. I was not. So I had to drive to Wilmington, Ohio every day for yeah. my first job. It's like a freaking 60-minute drive. <laughs> and I had a boss that said, if you weren't there at 8 o'clock, he was shutting the door, which was a great lesson. But, you know, when you're 20, 21, you're out partying. You know, you're getting yeah. your thing on. <laughs> and, you know, you might be coming in at 3, so getting up's a little tough. <laughs> but you still had to do it. I don't know how I did it, but I did. And I'd go there. And he'd shut the door if you were late or he just he didn't help her. He said this as a leader. Oh, my God, if you're listening and you lead a team or a person, please remove this. I was sitting across from him, new to the career. And he said, so let me know if there's anything I can help you with. And I'm thinking to myself, come on, Joker, if I knew what to freaking ask. I mean, I just got in this job. You know, I don't even know what to do. I don't know what to ask you. You should be saying, here are the five things that I think you should do to be successful. Mm. So to ask an employee, you know, what else can I do for you? Be, you know, if you've been in it, you might need support or or a creative idea. But he was a terrible leader. You know, he was terrible. He didn't get his people. He, he was ego driven. And mm. if you're a good leader, it's really not about you. You know, that's the aha. Ooh, yeah. The aha is like. You've got to continue to grow. You've got to continue to invest in yourself Mm -hmm. so you can help your team learn one or two new things that could literally change their business or change their outlook that day. So he was he was not a good leader. But then I had other leaders that were extreme inspiration um, would come in a meeting and you'd leave that meeting or you knew they were there for you and you'd fight hard for that guy and woman at times, too, because I've just been blessed to work for people that were amazing, and I would go, yeah, 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 I like that. That felt good. Or that one was like, oh, shoot, don't ever do that. Lord, you talk about a freaking turnoff. You know, talk about authentic. You are very authentic. Do you think, have you, like, gone through life, any phases where maybe you weren't or you were trying something else? And would you, well, now thinking about it, I'm like, you probably wouldn't call them I'm going to answer this question. Now. Oh, you're going to answer for me. Go I'm ahead. Like, I'm thinking that you're going to say they weren't authentic in authentic times. I was just learning. Yeah. But have you gone through phases like that? I mean, I say that as um, like, I feel like I've tried so many things. And like sometimes you can tell that like this just I was just trying too hard. Or yeah. Have you gone through yeah. any phases or moments like that? Uh, Sure. I think everybody does. Yeah. I think everybody struggles with being authentic and knowing that who they are is perfect. They're, you know, and social media has helped us really try to shape us away from who we really are because things come fast. You see people with success and you feel like maybe I need to be more like them to be successful. 
maybe I need to be more like or do that. That's not true because the universe has given all of us an amazing gift. And we have to, it's hard to play somebody else. Mm -hmm. Play yourself. It's easier to play yourself than play somebody you're not. So I think we all go through that. I, I think even when you're younger, you probably go through it. But let me tell you something. When you start to get older, you don't really care what freaking people think. I don't know what it is. There's some age you must hit where it's like, oh, do you think I give a toot what you think? I don't think so. You like what you see or, you know, or we ain't being friends. We're yeah. moving on. So yeah. I think everybody faces that. I do. But my advice is everything you are, play yourself. Be authentic. Because that's what makes the universe great. You know, we look at our sales team downstairs, and I freaking love it. Everybody is different. And when you have different thinking, you bring that collective thought process to really mm -hmm. change things. You don't want a bunch of the same freaking people. Same thing with our on-air team. Mm -hmm. Q1 or two, babes. I mean, yours different is Freddie to Toria to Fritch to Tim. That's mm -hmm. what makes it so freaking beautiful because you relate differently to everyone on the air. That's it. Play you because, you know, that's who you got to be. Ah, oh, man. Be freaking you. I love you. Your positivity, sister. So when so you say um, you preach and, you know, and in general. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> sister, I'm preaching right now. Can <laughs> yeah. I have an amen? No, but like get yourself out of your comfort zone to really learn. Yeah. You know, what do you do? In your life now, just get yourself out of your comfort zone. Oh, yeah, I love that. Oh, you know what? My advice to everybody, if you want to grow, mm -hmm. take uncomfortable action. Oh, boy. Take some freaking uncomfortable action. Can I interrupt you for a second? Yes, I please. It's your show. I recently, <laughs> I recently went back to Telluride and um, my love, my light, and over, over, over the fall, right? And me and all my friends were sitting around till like 3 a.m. There's a group of like 25 of us just sitting around telling stories. I haven't been there in three years, you know. And somebody asked me about my job now. And I was like, I don't know why I do this. Every day there is something that I'm like scared shitless. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Jesus, fuck. Why did, I, why did I make this my job again? You know, and I was like, and I've been like removed from list quickly. I've messed up so many times. And, like, I guess it's good for you. <laughs> but it's, like, hard when you're in it, yeah. you know? Yeah. So what do you do? So great question. So when I started the podcast, yeah, I'm not a technical person. Like, I'm thinking I want to do a podcast, the three-word podcast, and I want it to share on a greater scale inspiration in a bite size. Mm -hmm. People are busy. You know, some people don't have a half hour, although podcasting is exploding. Yeah. So I wanted the opportunity to create a three-word podcast that could be bite-sized to help thought leaders be positive. So I had to take some uncomfortable action, you know, yeah. get in front of a mic, which I don't do, learn technical skills, which I was like, holy crap, how do you do this? I remember reaching out to several people in the building. I'm like, I don't know. It's not working. It's not recording. Oh, boy, you know. But I just wrote it down, learned, and each way, each step became more confident. I still need help. Yeah. But I would say, you know, doing something, public speaking, getting better on video, whatever it is, I just try to do something that I might be afraid of. Mm -hmm. And then you find out it's fear stops people. But it, here it is. If you don't, if you let fear stop you and you don't take a step, you're failing. Because if you don't even do something, you're already failing. So you let fear get in the way. So my whole thing is clear the fear. You know, yeah. clear the fear. Don't, you know, everybody is nervous and or afraid of being judged or shamed or it, it wasn't perfect. But if you do this and you do the one thing, and I always say to somebody, do the one thing that you're afraid of the most first thing in the morning. Mm. If you can do it the first thing in your day and you've tried, you've already built confidence. So I try to educate myself on different things. I try to expand my knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, but I'd say getting better on video is my next thing. Like, how do I get better on video on the spot? You know, you know that's not a field I'm always in because I'm not, you know, I'm not an honor talent videotaping myself all the time. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to step in that arena to try to get better Ooh. at shooting shorter videos and, you know, coaching and teaching people. So learning Zoom, that was a whole nother thing, right? Oh, yeah. Being able to coach one-on-one, -on -one, take uncomfortable action. Um, the other thing, and I know you probably have a few more questions, is I always wanted to teach a course. 
Okay. So as an extension of inspiration, you know, the internet, thank God for you, Google and Zoom, it has allowed us to touch people outside of our market. You no longer have to do a event at a hotel to touch certain people. So I put a class up, you know, I want to help other thought leaders because I did write a book called Three Word Meetings to help other thought leaders that lead teams to engage and inspire their team. Now I use three words. You don't have to use three. And so I just recently, I took uncomfortable action Mm -hmm. and I recorded a course, which is on mastermind.com. So you, anybody listening, you can go to mastermind.com and in the search, put Lisa Thal, T-H-A-L. And there is a course that you can take called Simplify Your Sales Meetings. And I walk you through, I've I've been doing this for 34 years. So if you're a new manager, you've been in a long time, you go right to that. And then in this course, you can learn how to do a sales meeting and have your team engaged, inspired, and it gives you the framework. And then also, you and I get a free coaching session together. So, I mean, like, boom, 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 value, value. So that was something that I was hiding behind, and I said, do it. And I turned on the frickin' Zoom and started frickin' talking unscripted, and there you go. So that was probably the most recent thing I did, uncomfortable action. Wow, that's big. Yeah. So I just push, just keep pushing. Congrats. Do you feel like we're ever going to run out of things to push that we're going to be scared of? No, because if you want to keep growing, there's always something. There's something you're afraid of or something that's stopping you, and it's human behavior. You know, human yeah. behavior right here. So by the listeners, who loves pain? No one. Sign me up for more pain. So people will do anything to avoid pain. So they'll, they just won't do it. Like, yeah, public speaking for some people, it's the number one fear, by the way, mm-hmm. sounds painful to some of the people listening right now. Mm-hmm. Where other people, they get the biggest kick, but they didn't always. So they had to take they had to take that step. Do you get the biggest kick from public speaking? Because you no, do, so you was, do many public. I I do. Yeah. So I you know I am a little bit of an introvert. Most people wouldn't think that I love my peaceful time, mm-hmm. but I also know I can't connect with other people one on one. Right. So you have to step out. So I wasn't always comfortable public speaking. So I tell you what I did. I took a Dale Carnegie course. Okay. And so I again invest in you. They teach these courses, or some people do Toastmasters, and I invested in myself. I was there with other companies that funded other people to do this course, Mm -hmm. and I learned the framework of public speaking, and boy, they put you on the spot, like, unscripted, talk about this, and I was like, oh, your heart's racing. You're like, oh, I don't think I can do this, Mm -hmm. but you learn to go, you've got something to share and, and make it about the other people. This isn't about you, so my biggest aha was... I, you know, I still get fired up and the nervousness is because I'm so freaking excited mm-hmm. to share knowledge and help someone start moving that I recognize I really wasn't nervous. It was my excitement. And that once I flipped it and went, this really isn't about you, Lisa. This is about the people you're talking to. So get your freaking ego out of the way and talk to the people you're talking to. And I made it about them and boom, nervousness didn't exist anymore. I don't know. It was just, a, it was a process that I yeah. learned because I took the uncomfortable action. How um, dealing in media and radio, you deal with a lot of ego. Sure. And so you deal by. Um, including my own. Yeah. <laughs> we all do. Get right. Including own my way. own. A number one. You know. Um, well, so you just said like just by giving. And I have found in in media so far that there are a lot of people, the majority don't think that way. Yeah. And it can be how do you reach people yeah who you think are who you know are stuck in their egos. Yeah. I have a conversation with them. Yeah, yeah, I just I might share a story of, you know, and get them to sort of see it without me telling them. Mm. And maybe that's just the skill I have as a coach and so you know you just want to show somebody like, "Hey, let me ask you a question." If you were able to do it this way, what do you think could happen or I'll ask why, you know, the biggest emotional question is asking why. Yeah. Ask the why question. So if you're frustrated, if you're, um, and, and I ask myself this sometimes coaching, you know, coaching some of our sales teams, I might feel frustrated because they're not getting what I'm trying to tell them. And I'll be sitting there, I'm like, ah, I'm getting frustrated. And I'd say, Lisa, I'd say to myself, of course, I'm talking to myself inside. 
why are you frustrated with XYZ person? And I find they weren't getting what I was telling them. So then I have to think, how else can I tell them? Mm-hmm. Maybe they're not a visual. Maybe I have to use different words. Maybe I need to share an example. So I have to check my own ego. You know, I, and, yeah. But the why is the biggest thing. Why, why is the emotional reason why people do what they do? Oh, it's all under, there's always it's all under, under the why. Under, how, have you heard the theory? I forget what it's called, um, but it's ask yourself why three times. Okay. Yeah. No, but I like that. Maybe that's coming to the next podcast. It's, why, why, why? Yeah. Ask yourself, <laughs> ask yourself, like you have a problem in front of you. You ask yourself like, why do you want to do what, whatever the process is at hand? Why? Yeah. And then take that answer and why, why about that? And then oh, why yeah, it's about like, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so I do that, but I didn't know it's seven layers deep. So ah. here it is. So. The seven layers deep is this. It's like peeling away the onion. Okay. I, I re- listened to that podcast and I did the whole thing. Yes. <laughs> anyway. So, yes. Yeah, so, you, you, your first why is your ego. So, if you yeah. say, why am I in this relationship? And you go, well, I really love this person. And you go, why do I really love this person? Mm-hmm. And there's your answer. And you'd say, well, I really love this person because they're funny. Okay. So, you love this person for this. And why do you love that person? So, as you ask that question... Seven layers deep. And I don't know what it is about this process, but you will not discover the answer on the fourth or fifth one. Something happens when you ask that sixth or seventh why. That's seven layers deep that you get real clear that it's like, oh, because you peeled back your ego. Yeah. And you got to the root of your heart of like why you weren't moving forward, why you remained in that relationship, why you stayed in that job, why you allowed that to happen. You will figure it out, but you won't figure it out on the fourth. I am telling you, I've walked through this with so many clients, and it is an aha moment about the sixth or seventh question. And you're like, emotionally, your heart is like, oh, shoot, you got me. Right. You got me. This is why. And yeah, seven like, layers deep, baby. Dude, and that's when you have to face the truth. What did, um, oh, yeah. yeah, face the truth. Face the truth. Oh, man. That's a tough one for a lot of us, yeah. I would say everyone, right? In yeah. A lot of, yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah, we lie to ourselves. <laughs> we do. Even if you don't even realize it, I found yeah. like, I am, what are we even doing with this? Gosh. <laughs> but um, you do have um, experience with Tony Robbins, right? You've been to a I Tony do. Robbins thing. How yeah. do you, can you just tell me a little bit about that experience? Yeah, that experience was, oh, that was amazing. Now, there's some people that do not care for Tony Robbins. I personally like him. I, I just connected to him. So when I was looking at my life coaching opportunities, mm-hmm. you Google life coaching back when I had my beautiful summer off. Mm-hmm. And this coach does this one, this program. But the reason I like Tony Robbins is he gets you he gets you to understand the why, but you're immersed. Like he, mm-hmm. I went to several of his events and I was not prepared for it. I mean, you go and it's all day. You go there at eight o'clock in this big auditorium and you don't leave till midnight. I mean, you're bringing your lunch. I'm like, where are these people going? How are we eating? I mean, and you just go, go, go. And you are immersed into where you are, where you want to be. And you do a lot of breakthroughs. Mm-hmm. And so he is an inspirational leader for me. He learned through his own experience, very his own story. And he is changing the world. He is changing yes. how people view themselves and people that don't believe in themselves. He gives them that courage to take the step. He does. I, he like, does. I used to really, really follow him. And listen to him just all the time, especially when I lived out in the mountains. I would li- listen to his podcast long form like, sure. for hours and hours and hours. And um, I found in growth in me, like years ago, I would hear him say his mother beat him. Yeah. And it gave him a really hard childhood. And he would say, but she loved me. But she loved me. My mother beat me. She loved right. me. And I didn't understand that concept now. Yeah. And now I'm more mature and I've evolved a little bit, you know, and I totally get it now. Yeah. But at the time, I didn't. And so... I think it's important. Yeah. Um, and do you think it's important to keep going back to things you have to revisit? Because we're always humans, whether you realize it or not, are always right. growing and changing. And yeah. it's important to go back. Do you go through cycles of that? And do you have like things you like to revisit to, to I, check yourself? You do. With? Yeah. I think everybody, it's they like to go back to the story. Mm-hmm. But don't hold on to that story and don't stay there. Understand what the story gave you. You know, Tony Robbins example, his mom was an alcoholic He didn't have any food. He went to his first event with Jim Rome with no money. Had somebody give him money. He went to the Goodwill to get a suit to go to this thing. But that path that created that grit, that desire, made him who he is today. But, you know, did he wish his family life was different? I'm sure as a kid he did. Mm. But he appreciated 
what he learned, he didn't hold on to that story. So don't stay there too long. You can go to that story, but sitting in that story isn't going to help you. Just create a new story. What did that story teach you and go forward? The thing I was remembering you bringing up Tony Robbins, and this was a mental, one of the toughest mental things I've ever done. He's known for these fire pits. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Walk barefoot on these fire pits. So I go to the event that they do that. And I'm there actually with my sister, Lynn, who you know. And we go to this, it's, I forget, it was Unleash the Power Within. Like, everybody, do your move. Like, yes. Yeah. So I'm thinking, yeah, I'm going to do this thing. And so, no joke, midnight, in this gigantic parking lot are these big freaking fire pits. Hot coals. It is no joke. And we're all walking out there barefoot. And I'm thinking, am I going to be able to do this thing? And you make your little power move. And you, and you do the power move to set your mind to say, it's freaking go time. So you can't go back to that story like when it's go, you go. So everybody's lining up and you see somebody, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not walking in that. And people are falling out like I can't do that. I got up there and Oprah's done it and many people have done it. And I just was like, you did my power move. Like my power move is like, yes, yes. And you freaking go. And I walked across those freaking hot coals and didn't even didn't walk, didn't run across them, walked. Many people couldn't do. It. And at that moment, I learned you can train your brain. You tell your brain the story you want to tell it. You want to live in the past and make all these excuses why you're not happy, why you're not in the best health. Don't put it on somebody else. You know, take take the step. Do something. A little thing will lead to a big thing. But little steps is everything. Little steps. You don't have to jump in with some big transformation thing. Just do something small. Did you burn your feet? I've you know always what? wanted to so, know about yeah. that. So this, and that's what my sister, she said, well, did you burn your feet? I said, I had one little spot, but I did not. But the people that ran through, and this is no joke. Yeah, I mean, this I is believe, like, I believe in this. this is no freaking yeah. joke, man. These coals, and they got you mentally, man. It was dark. There was no spotlights. You see these hot coals. You're like, you really go walk across this stuff? I'm like, yeah, because mm-hmm. I didn't do all this not to complete. You know, that's my, that's me pushing me. Yeah. But, yeah, you had, like, a teeny little burn. Not everybody, but nothing. I mean, now, if you ran across the thing, I think it was uh, a worse result for you. But if you walked and you held your head up high, like, boom, 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 I got this. I don't know. Miracles were happening to me. I put my shoes back on. I had no problem. It's the power. <laughs> wow. Power of the mind. So you got to train that brain. Yeah. You know, you feed your brain what you want it to do. So mm-hmm. I don't know. You, you feed it with good stuff or you feed it with bad. What goes in is going to stay in. So. Wow. Yeah. I feel like I could talk to you all day. Lynn, Lisa Thal, sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's okay. Lynn's, Lynn, hey, Lynn's as intuitive as I am. She is it's as intuitive true. as I am. You know what she did one day? I was laying on her table. Okay, tell me about this. And because I'm totally a believer of power of the mind, and I'm all into this yeah. as well. You know, call it whatever you want to. Um, And I was laying on her table, and I feel like I don't deal with stress well. I get a lot of stress. I have a lot of complicated relationships in my life that I haven't come to terms on how to deal with yet, blah, 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 mm-hmm. And I was having this issue with my brother at the time, mm. and I wasn't vocalizing my um, just um, what my frustration with him. Sure. And I was creating a lot of anxiety, creating a story in my mind that hadn't even happened yet. Yeah. But I was just worrying about it, looping about it, right? And he and I have a tattoo together that is on this side mm. of my body. It's oh, right here. Love it. And she's evaluating my bod. I have not told her one thing. Well, yeah, about she's my gifted, man. She doesn't even know that I have a brother. She doesn't know all my, I mean, she knows I have three brothers, but she knows nothing about this. Sure. At all. And she just puts her hand over this part of my body where our tattoo is together. Mm. And she was like, What's going on right here? What do you have anything on your body right here? Is this a scar? Or is this a something over my clothes? Wow. And um, or I guess over the sheet or whatever you yeah. know. And I was like, um, no. Oh, I have a tattoo with with one of my brothers. And she goes, Whoa, what's going on with this right now? Yeah. And I was like, Oh my god. She's like, just right here, this part of your this is this in, in, in like intimidate. What is it? Yeah. Putting off a lot of heat. I yeah. can feel it. Yeah. I was like, Wow. Oh my god. That's what I mean. She's gifted. So she probably coached you on. How do you have a conversation with your brother so you don't hold on to this anymore? And mm-hmm. it's how you say it. Like, hey, bro, I'm a little frustrated with you. I know it's not your intention, but what you did pissed me off. And yeah. I got to communicate it. I love you. I don't know what your situation was, but yeah, you holding on to it doesn't solve anything. It wasn't a big deal yeah. at all. At all. How about we that? We talked about it, and 
I don't bigger know. in your head than his. Oh my gosh, always is. Moved on. <laughs> he doesn't even know. You know. Yeah. Um. So, in your family growing up, were you guys very communicative? Do you, would you say? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it's funny. My wife Olivia of twenty one years. She she's one of nine. Wow. I was one of eight. And when we got together, our families communicated very differently. Like our families like tell it like it is. Like, why are you holding back? Just say it. You know, we're Livy's family, you know, not that it's wrong. She just grew up in a more communicative, maybe not like in your face kind of mentality, mm-hmm. but we were more of an in your face, fast talking situation. So I think it's what you're used to, you know, and our family, even today, you know, we we don't hold back. We just feel like, what are we, you know, if we can't authentically be ourselves, we're all completely different. All mm-hmm. eight of us are completely different. We just tell each other how we feel. There's no reason to guess. And if our, we all had sibling fights like every other family and disappointments. And even as adults, sometimes we still disappoint each other. But you've got to communicate and say, is this your ego? Again, why am I feeling this way? Is it me or am I putting expectations on my siblings? Or do I just need to say, hey, what you did, man, I treated sure mean it, but it hurt my feelings. And I just want you to know that. So our family's a very in-your-face, tell-it-like-it-is family. Emotional boldness. We're in a, yeah, we're not sugarcoating. Like, Libby's like, y'all don't sugarcoat nothing at your <laughs> old house. So I'm like, we sure don't. We sure don't. But I need to sugarcoat some stuff at work. You know, that, you know, I... I can leave that home life because I'm on a call telling it like it is. But I go, yeah. oh, yeah, back in the workplace. Yeah, You can't just be telling like it is. Although I get, you know, people I coach, I'm like, yeah, I got a little spirited with you. It's because I care. Yeah, I got spirited. <laughs> I, I apologize, but my energy went out of my body because you weren't freaking understanding what I was telling you. <laughs> but thanks for sharing. <laughs> Your first, well, hold on. I keep wanting, but there's, I could talk to you all day. Your first book you wrote is, because Three Word Meetings is your second book. Yeah, right, right. right. And your first book is called Why I Chose You, Understand Why You Chose Your Life. Yeah, so Why I Chose You is a relationship relationship book that talks about why you choose certain people in your life and the lessons they taught you, friends, family, coworkers. It's a short read, but it's very insightful. And I wrote that book for people that were in relationships so you could self-coach yourself. Yeah. And then Three Word Meetings is a book on how to simplify your meetings. Um, If you lead a nonprofit, when you have to speak and coach anybody, if it's three people or 20 people or 100, it gives you the framework of how you can do that. Um, Because you want to contribute. You want to know you made a difference. So Three Word Meetings. And then I have a three-word podcast on Spotify and iTunes, all your favorite places. And it's a little bite-sized podcast. Uh, I release them on Tuesdays. It's called Three Word Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And it just maybe gets you something to think about, you know, that could help you in your day, your week. Not always business-related, but maybe something that could lift you up that day. It's very inspirational, I hope. Um, It's wonderful. I'm a fan. Thank you. And can speak to that. It's wonderful every single time. Appreciate you for that. Thank you so much. Yeah. And that's it. Awesome. I would say. Is there anything else you want to leave us with? No, I just, I guess, you know, if I was going to leave you with, you know, a couple, three words, you know, Mm -hmm. always, I mean, invest in you. Yeah. You know, build your dream. For many people listening, you have a dream. Build your dream. Don't build somebody else's. Mm -hmm. Build your dream. Have the courage. And like I said, take little steps because little steps are everything. And take that uncomfortable action. Do do, it. To build on that more. Yeah, build uh, on it. I um, really became a fan of yours through... Um, let's see, Ashley, I guess it all started, Ashley, Dawn and I are good friends sure. and she's always been like, just go, just go to Lisa. Just, I'm telling you, just go talk to her. Just tell her everything. I'm like, I don't even know Lisa. I'm not doing that. Like, I don't even, <laughs> what? I'm like, I don't know. And then over the summer I was faced with, I feel like I, w- I had a, um, an emotional second half of 2020 yeah. work relation wise. And yeah. I learned so much through, through that experience. But as I, um, was kind of floating along I felt or in my own mind of it I started listening to you and this year and I realized how much I don't invest in myself at all yeah and there is a different some people may think people do I feel like people at least in my mind and I feel like a lot of people can relate to this because I don't have kids and I'm not married and I'm single right not like your your whole life must always be about you and it's like no no 
It's no. really not right. like at all. And I realized that none of my life really was about me. And I'm just now making those steps. Oh, I love it. And it has changed my life in six weeks, I feel like. It's just been a totally different world. I love it. That's and awesome. If I could back you up at all to anyone who's listening, it is all worth it to invest in yourself. You're not being selfish. I thought I was being selfish. No, you're not. Like, no, 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 no I'm not. You know, which I guess then you want to break it all down. That means because you think you're not worthy and all of those things, you know, but you are worth it. And investing yourself is going to change your life forever. Yeah, I agree. And I'm so proud of you for doing it. Keep Thanks. on doing it, girl. Thanks. I saw you, you shared my, my blog. Thank yes, you very much. Yes, thought it was amazing. It's yeah. so much fun writing that, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. What do you do to relax? Oh, yeah. So what I do to relax, I meditate every morning. Yeah. So every morning I get up. I, well, I have three dogs, mm -hmm. Phoenix, Denali, and Dakota. Have you been and to Denali? Huh? Have you been to Denali? No, but Olivia has, which is why we named our dog Denali. Really? I'm going on <laughs> April, so that's why I Okay, to yeah, absolutely. So I um, get up, feed them, and then I do an Oprah Deepak meditation. Oh, the best. The best. And then I run my dogs every morning. So I'm out in nature in the morning. It's peaceful. And it's an active meditation. Yeah. So you don't always have to do like, mm, you know, the old mm -hmm. school meditation. You can go for a walk, listen to a podcast, just listen to nature. And so I do that. And just to sit in silence um, is what I do. And I love to play golf. And golf is outdoors. And you're focused on that little white ball in that moment. And it kind of keeps your mind focused on that. So I love doing that. Great. Yeah. Going for hikes and just chilling by the pool. Listening to music is another thing I love to do. Yeah. Awesome. What kind of music do you listen to? All music, but I love urban gospel. Yeah. Urban gospel would probably be my so, number one. Yeah. Yeah, of course, I love Q102. Tune in on, you know, Q102 <laughs> and B105 and Mix. But I love urban gospel. Oh, it's my favorite. favorites that you could. Oh, there's so many. I mean, I mean, there's, I, I love them all. I just, you know, there's I just so many, there's see, so many artists. Are you a fan of Anthony Hamilton? I love, I love all, I mean, I don't. Tamara and I mean obviously Kirk Franklin was initially Donnie McClurklin I love him I mean I like high energy inspirational gospel All music the time, huh? yeah and I and I love hip hop music it just you know it's what frame of mind you're in yeah you know you just where you at you know so much so awesome yeah thank you so much Lisa yeah, you're got you got it thank you. I swear I could talk to that woman all day long. And I really hope you guys take the time to learn more about Lisa Thaw. She really has changed my life. Her podcasts are less than 10 minutes. She releases them every week. They're all about the science of three words, and they really have changed my life. I was going through a hard time over the summer, looking for direction, really stressed at work. In these meetings, I'd listen to them every day on my morning run, and they really did change my life, okay? Her three-word podcast is up on Apple Podcasts and anywhere you find your podcasts. You can also find her books. Remember, three-word meetings and why I chose you. Both of those are on Amazon. She's great. Google her name. She also has walked on fire, walked on coals. Telling you, badass. Thank you so much. We'll be back next. This has been Person of Interest with Natalie Jones.